There's not like a clear, <laughs> there's never really a clear beginning. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I figured it wasn't like, put up Spotify. Right. After this ad, it will start. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, whenever you have your songs, I think what I'll do, just because I have headphones on. Oh my God, Eddie Money just died. What? I just got, I just got a The new- Money Man? Eddie Money, uh, best known for his hits Two Tickets to Paradise and Take Me Home oh, is dead at age 70. Oh no. oh, no. I've seen him in concert. You've seen oh, Eddie Money in concert? Yeah, they used to sell like $5 tickets to his shows at DTE. $5 Detroit. tickets to see Eddie Money? That's, yeah. that's low. We used to, yeah, it used to be like a silly thing we would go do in high school. Let's go see Eddie Money. Pour vodka into like orange sodas and bring them in. <laughs> Don't listen, mom. But like she was shaken and two tickets to paradise and... And I just remember he would go around on stage just singing like, I'm the money man, I'm the money man. And he was like looking pretty rough back then. That's so mean though, Sam. How did he die? Uh, I don't know. It, it uh, Dead at 70, baby hold on, take me home tonight, following complications from esoph- esophageal cancer. Oh no. So. I mean, take me home tonight is really good. I mean, that's a bummer. Like, no, he he's... Got some really great songs. Yeah, he was diagnosed last fall and wanted to be open about his battle with cancer. Oh. Well, here's to Eddie Money today. Yeah. All right. That's uh We'll dedicate this episode to Eddie Money. <laughs> Fantasy Band Draft. Uh, this is the show where everyone creates their own supergroup. My name is Chris Slattery, and uh, we are here today with Sam Slankard, who is <laughs> an educator f- currently living in Germany, um, future in America. But uh, Sam, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so what we do here is we have our guests pick a vocalist, a guitarist, a drummer, and then either a bassist or some other multi-instrumentalist to try and create uh, their dream supergroup. Um, so that's what we're going to do. There are only two rules. You can't pick anyone from the same band and no repeats from a previous episode. So Sam got the list already, so she's ready to rock and roll. So... Sam. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I'm not proud of that. I sure, I sure am. Ready to rock and roll, Chris. <laughs> so let's go ahead. Before we get into the, the band draft, let's talk about um, you wanted to, you had a, a topic that you wanted to talk about. So let's let's get into that. Yeah. Um, like I, you know, we were talking a little bit before about when you asked me to do this podcast, picking the genre was the hardest part okay. for me because I could pick a fantasy band of like classic rock, of indie rock, of electronic, of you know all these different things. But for some reason today, I don't know if it's because it's Friday the thirteenth, <laughs> there's a full moon tonight, but 
was feeling dark and broody, so I went with emo music. Oh my gosh. But, yeah, I'm ashamed already. <laughs> that that seems fitting. That seems, that seems very very on brand for for what we're talking about. Yeah, so so emo I think can be described as like pop punk or that kind of it's like 2000 to 2006, you know? Yeah. Like which for me was like that is high tide puberty. Those were the like, prime years right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, emotions are here, and there are guys in a highliner who, who want to scream at me about it, and I was here for it. <laughs> I was here for it. And I, like, looking back, I think it just says it's just this crazy scene because there's so much, like, shame associated with it, whereas, like, People who were punk were, like, so fucking punk, you know? People who were... Oh, shoot. Am I not allowed to swear? No, that's totally fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to pay extra to, like, cuss? Um, but, uh, like, disco was so disco, you know? And, like, emo was one of these things that... It, it just was so shameful. But I think the music was really good. And I think there's so much nostalgia for that. Like you were just telling me, like, didn't last week you went to like an emo party? I did. There was it was a it was a rooftop emo dance party and it was oh my God, my so, dream. so much fun. They started off with a lot of like deep cuts, like songs that I didn't know and I feel like if I took out Shazam, like it wouldn't know either. Um, but then they you know, as soon as Welcome to the Black Parade came on, like everyone just lost it. And it was around that time that it actually, since it was a rooftop party, it was totally open air and it started raining. So it was, oh, just God. A, it was, it was amazing. It was just a bunch of like former emo kids just, just skanking to Paramore while, like in the rain. So like the eyeliner was just totally bleeding and it was, uh, it, Oh, Jesus. It that is absolutely perfect. Ooh, that's special. Well, it's funny that you bring up those bands because <laughs> you did some of my connections. But, but yeah. I think it definitely has this like negative connotation, right? But yet everyone's so nostalgic for it. Like, and like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, when I was in high school, that was absolutely not my, my scene. Like, I, I don't think I got into emo music until I was in college, really. What was your scene in high school? I was. I mean, freshman year, I was definitely the, I think the only bands that I really, truly listened to were like Bare Naked Ladies and Weird Al. <laughs> like, <laughs> very, very cool shit. Very um, specific. <laughs> but then, yeah. you know, high school was very much about me like finding new things. So, you know, the further I got in, I, I, I did listen to like Death Cab, you know, halfway through, like people got me turned on to that and I started listening to more indie music. And then by the time I was a senior, people were giving me like flaming lips and the doors and stuff. So I was I was very confused about a lot of things. Um, Dang, you're jumping all over the place. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think it was until I started living with Josh, who who returning listeners will remember from a previous episode, um, that he started turning me on to bands that he was really into. So I was listening to a lot more. Senses uh, fail. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so jealous of the emo party. But I think, like, a couple of my friends will talk about it because when I was in high school, like, 
My Chemical Romance, I mean, it was on MTV. The Killers, Mr. Brightside, all that. Yeah. It was all on MTV. We would watch the music videos getting ready in the morning. And it really felt like rock and roll still had a place in mainstream music. Okay. Um, did you ever watch, like, Fuse? And I'm sure at college you watched Fuse. We used to get that show, that channel in the dorms. That, yeah, yeah. No, and then VH1, like, before, before high school every day um vh1 had they would just play the the top you know 10 music videos or something so it was a lot of like keen and jet and john mayer but occasionally like there would be those emo one like a lot of emo music that would like pop up for like a couple of weeks and then oh yeah like um, i mean i remember fallout boy jimmy eat world like those bands but even the darker ones like the used like, they were still playing those music videos every morning. I remember the Helena music video from My Chemical oh, Ruins. so good. De- deeply, oh my God. deeply disturbing me <laughs> back yes. in the day. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't like, know what to do with that. At the funeral, yeah. I was like, this is my shit. I, it's just Gerard Way just carrying, like, being yeah. a Paul Bear in the rain. And I was, I, the, I was not ready CEOs. for it yet. <laughs> yeah. The CEOs of Hot Topic just have dollar signs in their eyes. It's like, yes, we can market this. This will be beautiful. Um, Tim Burton's like, I'm already doing this. So like, you can you can join too, yeah. Tim Burton. We'll make this a whole thing. It's, Twilight, get in on this. It's an industry. <laughs> yeah. Dark and brooding is the theme, people. But I do think, like, we were so passionate about these bands. We would go to Warp Tour every summer in Detroit, and um, I loved it. And we would see all these bands live, and it really felt like this was our scene, the way my par- my parents were so passionate about, like, Led Zeppelin and classic rock, and that was so theirs. You know, classic rock never – I've always loved it, but it never felt like mine, the way that like this generation of pop punk, I hate yeah. See, I even hate saying fucking emo because I don't, I don't think it is, but whatever. There's a there's a stigma to it. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like hipster when you're like, don't fucking call me a hipster. But yes, I do have really good taste in music and movies <laughs> and art and shit. So dyeing the hair black and the eyeliner, but also like the lyrics. It, I think it was the some of the first time, well, some of the first situations of music really confronting mental health issues. I mean, to be literal with, like, My Chemical Romance is like, I'm not okay. That was kind of like an anthem for the time. <laughs> We're not fitting in. Fuck the jocks. Um, I'm sad all the time. Let's fucking talk about that. <laughs> and... I just remember just blaring this music with my friends and really, really caring about it. And so you can't help but listen to it now and just feel so nostalgic for that time, you know? And I'm a high school teacher now. I'm surrounded by teenagers every day. So maybe it's like I'm just still living that life with them (laughs) that like I get nostalgic for teenage life, even though it was not a magical time. Um, well, what, the music was still very definitive. So you, you, you know, you work with you work with high schoolers now. So what are the what are the, what are the sad kids in high school listening to these days? Is it is it similar or are, are they? Is it like the SoundCloud rappers? Because I know that a lot of like SoundCloud rap is actually like deeply sad. 
um, it's celebratory, but also there's a lot of um, there's a lot of emotion that goes behind it. Yeah, I mean there is just this wave of young girls who are obsessed with Billie Eilish. Oh. And I really like her music yeah. a lot. But the first time I tried to listen and then watch like videos or whatever, I was like, what the fuck? This is creepy, <laughs> fucked up shit. And then I think back on like my MyChem days and was like, oh yeah, I also liked creepy, fucked up shit when I was younger too. But it's all very... And I think you're... Your last guest on the show, um, you know, he really touched on how, like, rock is kind of dead and what the fuck happened, you know? Like, none of my students play instruments. And if, and, you know, they, electronic music is very big, altered music is very big. Yeah. Post Malone, that album dropped last week. And I, I love Post Malone, but, like, it's so different than, like, rock music and I don't even know how to teach my students about rock music you know I certainly don't show them emo music right away that's for sure (laughs) yeah no I guess yeah I I never thought about Billie Eilish in that way but she's kind of like pop emo in a way like it's it's still very emotional but that's that's interesting to think of her in that context yeah she's like 16 or 17 years old too she is like and endlessly talented and is blowing the fuck up. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Did Anything else you had to say about emo music? I just feel like you're going to appreciate my choices and we can geek out about them together. Yes. So I, <laughs> I just feel like people are going to judge me. I do have really good taste in music, people. <laughs> this isn't like if I were to pick one fucking band... This would be it. Because, spoiler alert, there's no Dave Matthews band on here. But, no, I'm just kidding. Um, How many times have you seen Dave Matthews band live? (laughs) That's that's not my question. That's the lead up. (laughs) Um, I think, oh, God, I think around, like, 20. Okay. So, do you have a band that you really like and appreciate that you would never see them live? Like, is there a band that you really love, but you just absolutely refuse to see them live for whatever reason? That's a good question. Like, um, I, I can do mine first if you need yeah, time to think. Yeah, yeah, I need time to think, so okay. you go ahead. Um, I absolutely refuse to see the XX live. I will okay, never... how come? I, I don't look at any promotional materials for them. I don't want to know what the band looks like. To me, that... That music, especially those first two albums, are just revelatory. They're so good, and they are, that is the mood. That is, they're just, it's so cohesive and just beautiful. And this whole, like, mural of emotions that if I feel like if I saw them live and saw what the band looked like, and it was just, like, a dude on a guitar and a dude, like, playing beats and then, uh whoever's singing, like, it, it would just totally just ruin the illusion for me. My heart is beating in a different way for such a long time I feel the same My heart is beating in a different way for such a long time So I 
absolutely love the XX. We'll follow them to the ends of the earth. Not actually, because that would ruin it. But um, no, I I cannot. I refuse to know what these people look like because it it's such a feeling, and seeing them as people would totally ruin it for me. Yeah. Wow. That's really insightful. I've never thought about it that way. That like seeing abandoned person. Cause I love seeing live music. I, I, yeah. I've seen the national a few times and like, I know exact, I, I could tell the difference between all of the, the brothers and the twins in the band, just based on like their haircuts and stuff. Like I, I know what they look like very well, but for whatever reason, that band, I just can, I can't. Yeah. I think for me, on the same note as you were saying, it would be Tycho. I love their music. They're so is ethereal. Is that how you pronounce that yeah. word? I think hey that, guys, I'm I think so. Teacher. I hope so. That's What's how up? I've been saying how it. do you say ethereal? Is it ethereal? <laughs> ethereal. We'll have a poll later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> but it's it, it exactly how you feel about the XX Tycho for me is such a mood that. Yeah, seeing them live, it would it just wouldn't be the the setting that I would want. concerts together haven't we yeah in college we were you saw ratatat live right yeah yeah we were we were i think we were with separate groups but we were at, at that same show yeah because nordy our friend kyle norton yes he opened for them yeah he was great it was amazing that was a big night and we saw shaky graves together yes right? that was a great concert shaky's shaky's wonderful it's it's funny that you bring up Tycho. they are actually playing in minneapolis tonight Oh my god! Um, and I can't go because I'm working. But yeah, and I told you not to go see them live. <laughs> that's the big reason. Yeah. No, that's. I also think like a lot of pop bands. I don't like. I don't know if I'd go see. I don't know, like Ariana Grande live. I don't know. I just don't think I'd pay the money for it. Like oh, I love fine. Justin Timberlake, and he came to Frankfurt, and the tickets were like 130 euros. And I was like, I'm gonna pass on that JT. Oh my anyway, God. did you did you hear that Weezer and Green Day and Fallout Boy are doing a, a tri headlining tour? Yup. Yep. Yeah, I did. T- I sure tickets did. have got to be like five hundred dollars a piece at least for the worst seats. Ooh, I know. They're coming to Europe after I leave, and good thing because I might have reached for my credit card on that one. <laughs> like, if I can think of three of the most popular rock bands still around today, like it's those. Those are the three. Yeah. Weezer's out here covering Africa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the draft then. Um, who do you have as the vocalists for your hypothetical band? So uh, I really wanted it to be a uh, female lead singer um, because I think the genre can be pretty heteronormative. A lot of dudes. Um <laughs> So I picked Haley Williams nice. from Paramore. Yeah, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> and I just think she has vocal range beyond very few people that I've witnessed. Her singing gives me chills, you know? So the album that's 
I love the most is Riot, which came out in 2007. And the song that I love the most from her is on that one is Hallelujah. Her voice, her voice hits this like crazy octave that I just, she's such this cute, tiny little thing. And you just wonder like, where, whoa, like where is this coming from? I just think she's like a total fucking badass. And when that Warp Tour-ish era was coming out and the pop punk scene was really big, she epitomized like the cool girl of like around all these dudes and like just endlessly talented and respected in the scene. If, if I'm remembering right, you've you've picked the first female in any of our, our bands, so we're... Damn right I have, We're smashing that Chris. patriarchy, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Just Ooh. like when she screams that hallelujah, and oh, yeah. I still get chills. Oh my <laughs> god, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a little different than her, what I would assume is her typical vocal range from like Misery Business or, or Crush 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 or something. Like right, I, she usually doesn't yeah. go for notes like that. That's great. Yeah, I remember like getting in my car, putting Riot the CD on, or probably on my iPod, and just like attempting to like get up that high vocally, and it just not happening. So. <laughs> I could definitely imagine a bunch of just teenagers like singing the song to themselves in the shower and going for that note and just just <laughs> completely biffing it. Yeah, it's not, you're not Haley Williams, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of these bands, the world knows them. It's so typical, like the world knows them for this one song, but their other songs are so much better. Misery Business is great. I loved when Punch, the podcast that we love, Punch Up the Jam from HeadGum, when they did Misery Business, it was just, ooh, it was great. Still yeah. a writer. I've been a writer since I got in the Misery Business. He's in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. Sheldon goes to Colorado to write and kill her off. But as he drives away, he crashes upside down. He lay there dying, but super fan and he pulls him out. She takes him to her home, nurses him for weeks. But then she reads his draft and now she'll never let him leave. She sets his manuscript on fire. She's threatening to burn him alive. But they actually don't play that song anymore because it's not. The lyrics are so not female friendly. They didn't age well, but at the time, like that song goes and it goes yeah. hard. But yeah, the lyrics themselves, like if they just completely rewrote the lyrics, I would like, would it still be the same song though? Yeah, I don't know. And it's kind of sad that they just like straight up don't play it anymore. It was of the time, I guess. I don't know if that's an excuse, but. Oh, yeah, slut shaming was big in high school. <laughs> and like, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a, I feel like a lot of songs at the time were very big on, on that concept. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still, that song still fucking rocks regardless. <laughs> um, another one that I really like, The Beginning of Brick by Boring Brick. It's from their album Brand New Eyes, which came out, I think, in like 09, a couple years after Riot. Riot is definitely their like be all end all of. It's, that album is just perfection, but Brand New Eyes is 
really good. I just love how she like goes from this like kind of screamy kind of sound like yelling like and then it, she gets like really melodic in between it you know and I just love that transition in the lyrics there yeah. not in the lyrics but her singing style she definitely has like two different like lanes that she switches back and forth from like one's almost almost conversational almost not even singing but and, and then God, yeah, when when she goes for it, it's just she just pushes it out with everything. Yeah, I know. This is actually the only band on my list that I have not seen live, and I'm oof, I would love it. But to be honest, their new stuff it's kind of like new Fall Out Boy. You're just like, all right, this is cute. You know, like when you search Paramore, Riot, Brand New Eyes, and then their um their first or All We Know Is Falling is the best and then the recent stuff it's decent but it's it's very it becomes more pop less rock so what is it about her her vocal style that you feel like would really makes her a, a great front woman i just think you can when you listen to it you can feel her energy okay. in whatever it is and because her some of the songs are really sad and some of them are really energetic but even without seeing her perform, you can feel the energy like emanating from her voice. She's 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 really really good. Yeah, I was kind of intentional of like trying to find ones that really. Cause some, this is kind of a hard task this band draft. Yeah. Cause I love whole bands together. Sure. <laughs> and to think of like pulling one out without the guitar riffs and Paramore, it's like ooh, that's a trick. Yeah, because everyone in every band like adds something to it. So if you take out this one person, so it's Haley Williams without the guitars and the drums and everything, and put it like slapping her in something else, like oh yeah, this band might end up being just a total shit show. But... <laughs> okay, well, who do you have then as your guitarist? So my guitarist, I have uh, Frank Iero from My Chemical Romance, and I My Chem was just which is what the cool kids call my Ken, is I still, I, I, you know, that's just the epitome. When you look up Emo Forever playlists on Spotify, <laughs> it's Gerard Way's face. Um, he's the lead singer from My Chemical Romance. And they actually have really excellent progression. I think all of these bands that I chose from, you can feel them getting, you know, a grip on their voice and their sound and their message and everything from album to album. Frankie Era, though, I think is just, ugh. Well, first off, he's like a total babe. I know this because I saw them live a few times. One time, Billy Talent opened for them at the Fillmore in Detroit. And we, it was right after the Black Parade came out. So that was like... A very big deal yeah. when the Black Parade came out. That was, I think, regardless of if you were in the scene or not, people gave a shit about the Black Parade. People hadn't, I don't think people had seen rock operas like that since Queen. No. And just the fact that it was this band, this like emo punk band that we loved, 
I don't know. So we waited, we were teenagers and we waited. We were like telling our friend's mom to like hang tight with the minivan because we're going to stick around and wait for the band outside like weirdo stalkers as young teenage girls do. (laughs) And we didn't get to meet Gerard Way, which we were pretty disappointed about. But Frank Iero, like came out and hugged us all and he signed my jeans and I never washed them. And then like, it was just amazing. And he was so nice. And I know they all say that when people meet famous people, they're like, it's amazing how nice they are. Like they can't be fucking normal human beings too. But he asked us like, did you like the show? And you know, was it what you hoped it would be? And I thought that was just like a really humble, nice question of like, you're our fan. Like, did you, did, did we make you proud? Did we you do, know, did we do okay? did we, Oh God. And I was just like, dude, Frank, yes. You're like right in front of me. <laughs> so I have a few songs that I think he's particularly featured well. And of course it's hard to like look past Gerard way and Mikey way, but famous last words, I think is a great one to start with. That's from the black parade, the, you know, the Mecca. There's nothing I can say to change that part, to change that part, to change. Yeah, I I think you're right with the Black Parade. Like, people had to take notice. Like, you could kind of, I could see people writing off three cheers for sweet revenge because like it, it was just like a like they thought it maybe could be a flash in the pan and then the the parties just stop when you put on welcome to the black parade because everyone needs to just, just shut the fuck up we're listening to this <laughs> oh you we, we've talked about this before how some albums or how people don't listen to albums anymore yeah and people just listen to single tracks and you know it's a really it's a flame that burns out quick but this album flows so beautifully from like one concept to another. And there's so much artistic intention behind it. Yeah. It's... Hot Topic was like, get me on this shit. I mean, I love Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge because that was the ultimate fuck you jocks album of like, <laughs> we are teenagers and we are misunderstood. And, but there is like, rock power behind this aggression and not being able to define what we were feeling at the time. And so, I mean, you can't not talk about Frank Yero and not talk about the beginning to I'm Not Okay. Like... It's just when you hear that like that like chord jump like like I love it. Is it going to be annoying that every description I give is just it gives me chills and that's why I like it? No, that's that's valid. Honestly, (laughs) and I'm not okay is for me my favorite song ever to do karaoke for. Really? It's because you're just screaming it and everyone else is screaming it too. 
Like, yeah. You don't that that is the one where like if you're if you're not a great singer, like it doesn't matter as long as you put the emotion behind it. People are are going to be they're going to be there to support you because during my last breakup, I had like a bunch of my were you not stuff. okay? I was I was not okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, Sorry, pro- I just, promise. Um, just cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> but my coworkers were very supportive, and they're just like, "We're gonna do something fun. Like we know that you like to do karaoke, so let's go out and do karaoke." And Aww. it was one of those places that do, does karaoke where you're in a. Um, like you, you can get your own private booth. So it was like a, like a. Oh, fine. It was a storage. It's they're designed like storage containers. So you just get that giant. Those are really popular door. in Japan, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you just get this screen and a couch, and you get two microphones, and you just get to be in this like private little booth with like eight of your friends. You can, you know, just do karaoke just by yourself. So you don't have to do it in front of the entire bar. And I was, you know, I was doing my my staples of like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna rap because I, I don't want to flex on everyone, but I, here's Clint Eastwood. I, I, an, I, I grew up an awkward white kid, so like clearly I know certain Gorilla songs. But uh, then then after a while, I was just sitting there and just being like, you know what, I got a lot of emotions right now i've been kind of bottling them up i'm just gonna get them all out in three minutes and 30 seconds boom i'm not okay i promise that was the one where i was just like screaming into the microphone i was like standing on the there was a a couch in there so i was like standing on the back of the couch like just running around the entire place just getting as much emotion out as possible it was this cathartic experience that was just beautiful can't get that at therapy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you try to. They they call the they call security. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I really like it too. Ah, uh, it's so good. I love it so yeah. much. Do you feel like Haley Williams and 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 Frank would get would get along? Do you think that their their talents would? Well, match I feel like up they're together? definitely. Yeah, they're definitely cut from the same cloth. So, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wouldn't be that big of a stretch for those two. The next two, the next members, it it's a little more. Genre bending, I okay. suppose. Totally fine. Who do you have for the for the drummer then? Um, I have Brian Chase from the Yeah Yeah Yes. Ooh. Or Yeah Yeah Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was yeah listening in. You and I had been messaging back and forth. Um, do you know? I was like, ah, oh, do I just go full emo or do I go indie like early two thousands indie rock? Because that is very much like home sweet home for you and I. Sure. And I had just finished reading um, Lizzie Goodman's book about Meet Me. It's called Meet Me in the Bathroom, and it's all about her experience interviewing the huge bands, the indie rock scene of the early 2000s. And it's phenomenal. Um, And yeah, 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 appear a lot in there. If you're in a three-member band where the other members are Karen O and Nick Zinner, like you're... You know, you're going to be the least discussed member in the group. (laughs) But I really, from this genre, I just really love his drumming style. And um, 
I think you could another band re the progression is there, and by the time it's Blitz comes out in what was it two thousand nine I think they really finally gave Brian Chase some room to explore, but he became a big I mean fuck it's Maps <laughs> like that's <laughs> what it is it's the intro to Maps yeah. so. beautiful and haunting and one of those music videos that was on every morning on vh1 i remember that one vividly no i this was i think when when rock band was still a really popular thing this was by far the most fun song was to play was maps on drums i remember like my best friend like katie janice shout out like playing maps so hard (laughs) It's it's just just... so driving. I actually heard a a fun little music tidbit the other day. I was listening to a podcast called um, Hit Parade, and they were talking about uh, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. And apparently the producer, I want to say it was Max Martin, was listening to Maps because he was trying to update his sound because he had done a bunch of stuff with like NSYNC and things like that and it just wasn't playing anymore. So he was listening to Maps and was furious with it because he liked it so much, but he just kept saying, there's not a hook, there's not a chorus. So he decided to basically write Maps but for like a, for the pop crowd. And that's what ended up being since you've been gone. Like I'm pretty sure what? it's around the same tempo. Like oh, no. a lot. Like there's a lot Ooh. of elements from Maps and since you've been gone, which, frankly, is an amazing song. Wow. But oh man, I bet I'm sure someone has layered that already. It's, it's we'll have to do some research. Yeah. Are, the DNA of Since You've Been Gone is is deeply rooted in maps. So fun little Dang, fun little trivia. That is really cool. Yeah, now that I think about it, there are a lot of similarities. No maps. That that drum part is absolutely iconic. Yeah, I mean it's like kind of when you think of like really good drum sections, it's like yeah. And it, but I really do love his work on its blitz. Um, Another one is Shame and Fortune off of its Blitz, which P.S. has one of my favorite album covers like of all time. Is it like just breaking the egg? With the egg, yeah. Oh, It was so hard to choose between Karen O and Haley Williams. <laughs> I was like, well, it's got to be Karen O. Fuck. But 
I liked Brian Chase's drumming so much no, this, that I was like, well... This guy is, is, is a very competent drummer. I... He's... He, this, this one, he kind of, like, falls into the background a little bit more. Like, Maps, it's... It, that's very much a drum song. This one, this one is is more just a part of the whole song. I feel like. So, who is your? I don't want to call them call them a plus one because they're going to be just as important in the band. But like, not a lot of people know a whole lot of bassists. So, just wanted to open it up a little bit. So, who do you have as your as your fourth member? Oh, I'm so glad we did this one last. <laughs> Best for last. Um, I picked Garrett Tierney from Brand New. Okay. It's one of those, again, with all of these bands, there's, they're just such a whole unit that it's hard to pick them apart. Um, but once I started thinking about bass lines that really stuck with me, Brand New came up immediately in my head. So they're another band that where your their first album, Your Favorite Re- Weapon, is like super juvenile and super probably the most classic emo shit. I love it for nostalgic reasons only, but I wouldn't brag about loving that album. And then they just turn around and in 2003 with Deja in Tondu. Am I saying that right? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think I think it's... That sounds deja intendu, yeah. I Yeah. So brand new is so oh, I think they're dynamic. And I know that they are in a lot of hot water recently. Yeah. So I'm going to tread lightly on like obviously I didn't pick JC or Jesse Lacey yeah. as the because he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. And yeah, and that's a shame. But I do think on that note, like we can still talk about the music. Yeah. Right? How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, about canceling individual people, but still celebrating their their body of work. Mm-hmm. That one's hard. I I do think that you know I, I feel like it's it's hard to unlike something. You know what I mean? But to a certain extent, like R. Kelly, like I'm just not going to listen to any R. Kelly music oh, at this yeah. point. Like fuck that guy. Sh- sure, that I I liked Ignition Remix and. You know, I'm I'm a flirt. I think was a was a really fun song. It's a really like good like hypey song. But, yeah, but there's like a lot of good music out there. You know. Yeah, like, like I don't I don't need to listen to R. Kelly anymore. But something like brand new, like I can't not listen to this band because one of the members was kind of a piece of shit. Especially since it was something that meant so much to me. Like if they put out another album, I don't know if I would like listen to it or buy it because you know because of what I know now but the stuff that I liked before I learned about that is is so ingrained that I have a really hard time of just chucking it out the window entirely yeah I agree like I you know I think I think it's important for the community and I mean the this scandal I mean to call it that sucks but like this scandal was a huge blow to the whole like that whole genre and would you consider brand new to begin with emo? Like, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially your favorite weapon was definitely a, oh a, for sure. But then after that, like like you said, within two years they had totally like transformed and grown up with Deja and Tendu. So yeah, I, I don't know. So anyway, for the listeners who may not know, the lead singer Jesse Lacey, who writes phenomenal music. I mean, lyrics that could just make me cry at any given moment. 
Um, af- like in 2000, I think it was 17 or 18, after the release of their final album, Science Fiction, like had a bunch of accusations of messing around with underage girls. Yeah. And whether or not those are true, we still respect the victim's voice and they canceled their tour, right? Isn't yeah. that what they did? They it, canceled the science fiction tour? Yeah. they. I think they had like probably like 10 shows or something left to do. And they were just like, yeah, we're obviously not going to not gonna keep doing this. And I had, I had already seen Brand New twice live. Like once, did one, we go to see? Did we go to this concert together or did we run into each other at this concert? Uh, no. The first one in was... In Grand Rapids? Yeah. The first one that I saw, they were it was a festival in Lansing. So I, I got to see like Say Anything and Kevin oh, Devine. It was it was great, and then they they were the last one to play, so that one was great. And then there was another one in Grand Rapids, but I don't I don't think you were you were there for that one. Was it was in- it Manchester Orchestra? No, I saw Manchester Orchestra and Brand New at the pier or at the intersection. I think the front bottoms were the were the opener. Is that right? I don't remember. I, I wasn't there then at that one, but I thought for sure I was like, oh, that'd be so cool if I thought we went to this concert. But but this was when they were doing. <laughs> um, this was their, like, this must have been 2016 when they were doing the Devil and God. Like, we're going to play the whole, we're going to play that album as in, in its entirety and then a couple of other songs that you know. Yeah, see, the the concert I had gone to in Grand Rapids, they played Deja and Tondu front to back. Okay. And I was like, there comes a point when uh, I look to my friends and it's like the third song in and we're just like, holy shit, this is in order. <laughs> and like that like feeling of you're at something so special they're going to play this amazing album the whole way through which i don't know you're a musician is that a cop out i don't know as a fan i was like holy shit this is so amazing <laughs> i don't think that's a cop out like if you're playing the whole album that means you have to play everything like and and on some of their albums they did some weird shit like that's that's part of the thing that makes them so cool is that you know they were doing experiments with their sound, so they had to they have to reproduce that live. No, I don't I don't think that's a, a cop out at all. Yeah, but anyway, their music to me is so haunting and it's so moody and not in like an emo moody kind of way. It's like it's very deep. It, it feels out, outside of emo in a way, like science fiction. Oh my God, lit me up. Did you love it? I loved science okay, fiction. Okay, I wanted us to listen, I wanted to recommend as a good like segue of lit me up. Obviously the beginning is all this weird stuff, but yeah. when you get into the baseline of lit me up, it is like you are walking in the woods alone at dusk. And this is, this is what, the soundtrack of that is. It lit me up. It lit me up. It lit me up. It lit me up. It lit me up like a torch on a pitch black night, like an ember in the needles of a dried out. Were you just so relieved when this album came out that was still so fucking good? Yes. <laughs> I was like... nervous because, I mean, I don't know how, how you feel about Daisy, but Daisy was 
an interesting like detour for them. Like it was, it's definitely their most different album. I would agree. But yeah, the, I was told like I used to be such a canon Deja and Tondu and the Devil and God are raging inside me as like the best music on the face of the earth and Daisy was just this weird thing and then later in life like as I got older my roommate at the time was like Sam go back and listen to Daisy and I just I don't know what it took for me to get a little older but I totally ended up respecting that album but you're totally right it's it's a detour it's something different it's still good yeah. still really good and then I mean they took some of those experimental things and definitely like turned it up even further on science fiction but like with all like all those little like interstitials of conversation like recorded conversations and things but no. yeah Okay, but, what's, what's, oh, go ahead. No, yes, I know, I told you. I was like, ooh, I'm glad we're doing Brand New last. I'm so, I'm, I'm so fucking it. excited to talk about Brand New. <laughs> um, I obviously picked the intro, the bass line from Sick Transit, Gloria, Glory Fades. I think this song just like really just, you know, launched me right into puberty. <laughs> you're a woman you're like, now, yeah, Samantha. You, just, <laughs> you started you started a girl and three minutes later you're a woman. And now I am a I am a new. Yep. <laughs> freaking amazing. Yeah, no, this is this is a, a great baseline for sure. And like this song is sexy and dark and confusing, but the lyrics are very much like this weird push and pull, which just is like every sexual experience as a teenager. I'm just like, <laughs> I feel weird about this. I don't know what's going on. Everything, and this, I mean, this whole album, oh, it's something special. How does Brand New sound to you? Like, what about them to you? Oh god! Um, I'm turning this interview around. Honestly, uh, I know their one of their biggest songs is is Jesus, and that song is just everything. Um, jo- <laughs> you know Josh, um, but Josh and I would listen to <laughs> to Jesus and that part where it just like they're playing and then it just kind of stops and it just you just let that ring and then they go back in at the end. single time we just lose our goddamn minds and just like start screaming at each other because it's just this perfect amalgamation this like like all of the musicians are so in sync and it's just this perfect musical moment that i just absolutely love is devil and god your favorite album i think it's science fiction i like devil and god but honestly i know Maybe the the first half of Devil and God I think is great, and the the second half is pretty decent. But um, I think Deja Intendu is great all the way through. But science fiction I think starting with Lit Me Up and then ending with Batter Up 
it just front to back. It doesn't have, like, some of the songs I, I think are kind of annoying, but like and, like most albums, there's like a few that you can just kind of, it's kind of hit or miss, but. I love Can't Get Out on science fiction. I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish we could just, I'm so jealous of your bony bear. Listen along. <laughs> And then Could Never Be Heaven, when I first heard that, I was like, this is a song that, because this was back when Tumblr was still like kind of popular, I was like, this is a song that's going to be, you know, you're going to have a picture of, like with an Instagram filter of a forest, and then it's just going to be like every single line from Could Never Be Heaven. Uh, yep. It's just going to be superimposed <laughs> on there. Like it, like Could Never Be Heaven was just a Tumblr, it was, that, that was a song that was made to be like pasted over your Tumblr account. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this whole band was like a tattoo artist's gold mine. <laughs> and they, I just, there were so many die hard, like it's a, you can be ashamed to be an emo fan. Like I wouldn't, I wasn't like walking around Grand Rapids going like, yeah, I really fucking dig my chemical romance. Like, no, I'm an adult. I'm a taxpayer. Like I don't, I'm not in, you know. Unless I'm really drunk at emo night, I'm not doing that. But brand new for some reason, like when they would roll into town, I mean, everyone's gonna know was, it. Shout from the oh, rooftops. Oh yeah, and everyone's gonna be really excited. And it was yeah, it was something really special. My favorite is Devil and God, just because it's one of those things that you could tell your close friends, like I'm listening to Devil and God today, and they're like, oh shit, like. <laughs> They know. You don't even have to explain. Oh my god, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, I think, like, I'm listening to Brandy right now, I'm like, what album? Because that's gonna tell, like, if you're, if you're listening to Deja and Tendu, I'm just like, alright, you're, you're having a moment, but you're gonna get through it, but if you're listening to Devil and God or Raging Inside Me, I'm just like, oh my god, I, I need to reach out right now. Yeah, we'll meet you somewhere. Yeah. We gotta hash <laughs> like, something we will, out. Like, we, we, if we need to go to the meanwhile, we'll go to the meanwhile. Like, yeah. just... <laughs> Please take care of yourself in the meantime. Order the three dollar Long Islands, please. Those will, <laughs> yeah. those will cheer me up. Like Deja Nintendo is kind of a like a little bit more angry, and then you're, yeah, like you said, your favorite weapon is a little juvenile. Oh God, you won't know on Devil and God just when they just start screaming. I mean, yeah. is it screamo music? Is it rock music? Is emo rock and roll? It's traditional with all the kit. The full kit is there. Yeah, you know. And I really think the music had a lot to say. Like, I had a lot of... This was kind of hard for me to pick, yeah. you know? Because I loved so many bands from that time. The Used, Dashboard Confessional, Panic at the Disco. Like, they're still fucking making money somehow. Like, <laughs> and I mean, The Killers. Are you pissed I didn't bring up The Killers? Because, okay, to be honest, I was debating on having like a duet vocalist situation. You were going to do Haley Williams and Brandon Flowers. Or Brandon Flowers maybe writes Haley Williams songs. Okay. Because he's a very good <laughs> lyricist. <laughs> we would need a whole nother episode to talk about the killers. Yeah. So I, I, won't, I, I won't even open that can of worms. My, one of my friends tried, like the reason I got into brand new was one of my friends told me that because I was really into bright eyes that I would get into brand new. Do you feel like that's an appropriate analogy? Ooh. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, you like sad boys. That's, <laughs> there's, that's there's, those the are only, a couple of sad boys. That's kind of the only thing that I feel like is really comparable between them. I, I feel like their music is vastly different. Did you, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about the, 
the bassist from Brand New. Nope. I'm going to listen to their music all night tonight, though. Yep. Because once you start, yeah, can't stop. That's, yep, that's the rest of your day. And then you'll put them away for about six months, <laughs> and then you'll get really sad one day. And you'll be like, I need a Band-Aid. Yep. Oh, there it is, Brand New. It's a Band-Aid. <laughs> I, I'm gonna cut that. I don't like that. Oh, that was so lame. That was <laughs> no, you have to leave it in, please. <laughs> oh God. All right. So, uh, what uh, what do you think the name of this band would be? What do you think they would call themselves? Okay. When I heard you do this with your other guests, I was like, shit. That is. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to name bands. So, don't judge me. Okay. But I. As one millennium millennial does, I took to BuzzFeed. And there was an emo band name generator on BuzzFeed. And it was like, you had the first initial of your first name and your middle name and your last name. Yeah. So the band name that BuzzFeed generated to oh, me no. is My Teenage Catastrophe. <laughs> which <laughs> I was like, nope. Sounds about right. All of this music reminds me of, like, the saddest, pathet- most pathetic shit of my life and something I just love going back to over and over. Well, there, and there's, like, an irony to that that I feel like everyone would kind of, like, all of the band members could be behind. They're just like, yeah, we know that, like, most of this music appeals to teenagers, so, like, they can kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek reference that in the name of the band. Absolutely. I think it's so crazy that this era, like the emo generation, like there's New York Times articles now about like emo nights popping up in every city and how people are getting very nostalgic about emo again. And I just think it was this really interesting time in music because it only happened for about, you know, maybe five or six years. And then it was gone and nothing like it ever came back. Yeah. And maybe that says something, you know? Um, I, I feel like it'll it'll come back around because, you know, in the 80s, people had like the Smiths and the Cure and, and those kind of sad bands. It was a very different sound, but it allowed them to be to be sad and emotional. So hopefully I, I'm excited to see what the, the next round of... A very, a very sad people <laughs> ends up yeah, sounding like. Yeah, I mean, hey, at the end of the day... Bitches be sad. We're all sad, and we need music to freaking exercise those emotions and be cathartic. I think emo music really helped us a lot, you know, kind of process what we were going through. And we were seeing these guys and girls on MTV fucking rocking out. And, I mean, MyChem sold out stadiums overnight Mm -hmm. with the Black Parade, and it was important, and... To say it's just silly and whiny, you know, yeah, the lyrics are whiny, but I didn't fucking pick Simple Plan, okay? <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to bash other bands, but... It's an easy genre to dismiss, but it's... If you're if you're a fan, then I think that's something that's going to be eternal. And I think the fan base has something in common. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like suburban American lifestyle still in a time where, you know, it's not okay to talk about your feelings. Um, it was, even though these bands like fucking rocked and had power to them because the lyrics were sappy Mm -hmm. 
and the vocals were pretty whiny <laughs> sometimes. I don't know. I think it gets cheaped out for being an unimportant, and I think it is a very important time yeah. in music. How uh, how long do you think that this band would stay together? Do you think that they would have a, a pretty substantial output? I don't know. I feel... Ooh, geez, that's a tricky question. Or do you think that this would just kind of be like a one... One like we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the fact that you know we were all of us were these huge hit makers you know f- fifteen years ago um, we're just gonna do this this one like a, a when they do those like pop does punk like albums oh god or, I loved or those punk does pop <laughs> don't tell me you did you were above those albums oh, I had absolutely them all. not but they, they were kind of <laughs> like those like one off things so do you think that that would be a, another one where yeah I feel like it would have to be even a little longer. After, you know, it hasn't been long enough. Like, when these p- players are older, maybe. Okay. I think, you know, Paramore's still making me... They're all still kind of in their thing. My Chemical Romance is over, as far as I know. Well, they released a song last year that was amazing. Um, I forget what it... Oh, it's called Baby or a Haunted House. I totally missed that. And it is... Silly, it's way more poppy than punky, but it's adorable, <laughs> and it's just still My Chemical Romance, and it's it's great. Okay. Um, the AAAs are still killing it, and I mean, why would Brian Chase leave Karen O? I mean, she's a beast. Uh, I bet Garrett Tierney is looking for a job, though. So He'd be the one to orchestrate everyone coming yeah. together. You're like, guys, I don't have a whole lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call up some people and see if they want to jam. Yeah. Okay. So you think that they would try, they would try for a little more than just one thing. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they just release one album that we just freak out over. Like we freak out over their individual albums and, and they just play it during emo nights across the world. So the bars make a lot of money. Awesome. So what uh, do you have anything that you're currently listening to? I know this whole episode was a little bit of a, a nostalgia trip for you, but do you have anything that you're listening to now that you're really enjoying? Any albums or playlists or even podcasts? Yeah, I mean all of the above. So I am obsessed with Lana Del Rey's new album, Norman Fucking Rockwell. It's so good. It is the best thing she has written since Born to Die. And Jack Antonoff, Antonoff, he, who's the lead singer from Bleachers, he's in Fun, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And he co-wrote a lot of the music with her. And it's just very summertime. Ooh, it's good really makes me homesick for America. It's so Americana. And she's just, whew, she's amazing. She does really good with who she collaborates with because I, I think Ultraviolence, she she partnered with Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys to do most of the guitar work for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I think she's pretty well-respected in the music community in that way. She just released a single yesterday with Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande, like they're doing some song for the new Charlie's Angels movie. Oh my god. Okay. Well, yeah, have so to she to they're they're streamlining her ass for sure. <laughs> they're like, to the top, you go. But I, her new album is really great and it really makes me homesick for America. Her lyrics are gorgeous. My burning sun will someday rise. 
feel like 2019 has been an amazing year for new albums coming out. I've just been so enthusiastic about new music recently, which I feel like the past couple years has not really been the case. But I found this album um, by a guy named Richie Havens, and it was from 1971. Um, Okay. He was a a, a folk singer-songwriter from the 60s and 70s. I think he was kind of made popular by his covers of Beatles songs. So he was a little bit like Jose Feliciano, but yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Here comes the sun. is like the first thing that he, he the, that's what got me into him. I, there was an old mix CD that, uh, an old girlfriend gave me, um, of this live version of his cover of here comes the sun. And I loved it so much in that mix. It just, it was, it was one of my favorite ones. And eventually this year I looked it up and listened to the album that it's on and it's great. Um, it's it's like kind of like fun, folky kind of stuff. He's got this amazing, just just amazing voice. So I was listening to this album, and then halfway through, there's a song called "End of the Seasons," and I was listening to this while I was walking to work, and it just I just had to stop. Like the guitar, there's no guitars on it. It's just this electronic keyboard sound. And he is just almost screaming these lyrics, and it's just so emotional. And I had to just sit down on the curb because I was just so affected by this song. In younger times when it was spring, I climbed the hill and stood in the Easter wind. On the other side, the fence was down and the meadow green, but empty. But I could see forever. It it was beautiful, and then as soon as it stopped, it like goes back into like the folksy kind of the stuff. I was like, wait, you can't. It, it, it's just this sucker punch that really. I don't. Do you know what album that song is off of? Yeah, it, the sorry, yeah, the album it's it's Richie Havens, and the album is Alarm Clock. So I would recommend listening to it as a whole. Just know that somewhere in the middle, you're just going to hear this thing and just be really affected by it. It's, it's a song that would not be out of place in a funeral scene in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh. <laughs> but like not one of like, not one of like the charming, fun, fun like they have like, like he could, yeah. he could, he could do a kooky funeral scene, but this one is definitely the one where like a character that was really important to the story dies and people are actually very despondent about it. But end of the seasons as a song is gorgeous. Um, but like starting because the album just starts with here comes the sun and then it's, it's great. But alarm clock by Richie Havens cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's great. Awesome. Ugh, that'll be good. So, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Or are you... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I... Uh, yeah, I think we covered it. I feel good about it. I was kind of nervous in the beginning. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. Um, awesome. Do you do you have, like, a Twitter that you want to... Pl- I, don't, I don't know. I... Yeah, you can plug my Twitter. Okay. I need followers. <laughs> they can see my freaking lame jokes I post all day. Um, <laughs> it's at Sam Slankard. Awesome. S A M 
S-L-A-N-K-A-R-D. Well, thanks, Sam, for coming on. I appreciate hey, anytime. it. Um, it's always good to talk music with you. Yeah. So this has been Fantasy Band Draft. I'm Chris Slattery. You can find me on Twitter at, at Slattery Chris, and you can find our show, which actually has a Twitter now, um, at Fantasy Band Pod. I think that's right. Oh, no. Um, just search for us and you'll find us. <laughs> I should have had it pulled up. Um, but this has been a Fantasy Band Draft, so thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you around for the next episode.